When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey parents, Tim Wright here along with Dr. Michael Gurian for another episode of the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. And today we've got another listener question, and uh, I'm particularly intrigued with this question because it has uh, a very personal meaning for me. Uh, I've talked about in the past on this podcast about my own issues with anxiety and panic attacks back in uh, a previous part of my life. And uh, this is a, a mom writing in about some similar issues, and we're going to get at her question today. And uh, before we do that, Michael, first of all, we want to welcome you to the podcast, as always. Well, thank you. Great to be here. And uh, want to encourage you to head on over to wonderofparenting.com at some point, wonderofparenting.com, where you can leave your own question. You can also check out some of our resources, and there's a link to our sponsors, the Center or Place of Hope. And uh, also encourage you to head on over to Facebook at some point as well and join us, our Wonder of Parenting page there. We'll talk more about that a little bit later. So, Michael, I want to get to this question, and uh, it's certainly one that I can relate to and may have a chance to talk about that a bit myself. But here's the question. I'm a proud mother of a two-year-old boy, and I've had the honor of staying home with him up until now. Uh, now, this was written prior to the pandemic, so things may have changed a little bit, but the issue is still the same. Recently, due to financial reasons, I'm going to have to go back to work. Fortunately, I will be working as a teacher, and so I will get several breaks throughout the year, <laughs> a big long one now, right, and will not be working late into the evening. Still, it has been heartbreaking to think of not having our full days together every day like we have currently. It's magnified because I feel I am someone who suffers from very high anxiety. I always have and can remember uh, being four years old in a daycare and crying off and on all day until my parents came to pick me up. I did this throughout elementary school as well. I came from a loving home with no traumatic childhood experiences. Because I can't pinpoint where my own anxiety started, I assume that because separation anxiety and anxiety centered around change are most intense for me, that it may have begun when I myself started daycare and had to be away from my parents. This could be completely untrue, and it could just be how I've always been wired. My anxiety will keep me up most of the night, feel physically sick, struggle with quieting my racing thoughts, and I always seem to go to worst-case scenario. Uh, my son, thankfully, seems to be nurture, uh, natured more independent and not timid. I don't feel like he is an anxious child. My husband thinks he is also a well-rounded little boy who shows no signs of anxiety. As a mother, though, my question is, what are some strategies to help my son continue to be independent and confident without the fear and anxiety I myself have experienced? And what are strategies for myself so that I do not teach him the anxiousness uh, even during these times when I'm struggling with my own anxiety? Uh, everything that she said in there, Michael, I experienced in my own life. So mm. I'm really curious. Uh, I, and I have some things to share, too, later on about some things that helped me. But... Um, 
that whole anxiety cycle is is horrifying. Uh, it's it's a hard one to break out of. The good news is you can. But I'd love to hear from you. There's really two questions there. Uh, she needs some strategies for coping and also wants to make sure she doesn't pass her own anxieties onto her son, which is a great question. So what are some initial mm. thoughts? And then we'll tease it out. Yeah. Um, initially, to the first part, um, uh, you know, I think we've talked about this before in this podcast that, and I believe she's hinting at this, that the the anxiety, especially if she has not been significantly traumatized, which she has not, she she was uh, she would have disclosed that she has not been sexually abused as a, as a small child, uh, physically abused, head injury, you know, something like that. So, since that didn't happen, then what she has is anxiety that's um, came in on her, her genome. It's part of her genetic package. And possibly something in her environment triggered it, but the probability is she was going to have it anyway. So we can't really track that down, but we what we would know either way is is it's in her genetic package. And um, uh, it sounds like she did not pass that those chromosomes on to her son. Hard to know at two, two years old yet, but it sounds like that. So um, so my guess is that that may answer a lot of her question in terms of pa- passing it on to her son. If he's not hardwired for it, then, you know, the probability is he's not going to get it. Um, he's going to have normal anxieties that every human being has growing up and facing challenges, but that he's not going to have the anxiety disorder. She has an anxiety disorder, so that puts her in a different category than, than situational anxieties he may have as a child uh, and as an adult. So I think that's really good news for her. And um, uh, then in terms of the, well, let me end with that. We can talk about that. And then we can go to our strategies for her and strategies for him. Should we end there? Yeah. So, so let me just uh, give a little bit of my own uh, story again, because I've shared this before. Uh, I'm very similar to her. Uh, I had, but I had my first, my first real panic attack happened in my thirties. But then as I began to delve into my anxiety issues, found out that, that I could remember like she can issues when I was a child. There was no trauma in my life. And uh, my, my initial counselor said to me two things. This was before we really knew anything about genes and all that stuff. Um, he said, there may be a reason for it, or there may not be a reason for it. And he said, if you can unlock the reason, sometimes it can help you. Uh, if you can't, it doesn't matter. What, what's important now is to find some good coping strategies to help you because you don't have to live with it like this all the rest of your life, which was great news for me. Uh, what we found out for me, if there was a cause at all, it was that my mom was in and out of the hospital a lot when I was a young boy, and that may have caused some separation anxieties. And like our writer, that's when I would experience the most intense feelings for me uh, initially was when there was some sort of uh, separation. But for me, and I think for her and for a lot of sufferers of anxiety, is that this is not something that you have that has to control your life. You can learn to manage it, and, and that's what we'll talk about. I also had those same concerns about passing that along to my kids. So I'm going to be really interested to talk a little bit about that. Um, even if it's not in my kids' genes, can my behaviors shape certain anxious behaviors in them? So we'll come back to that one. Let's start with her, though. Let's start with mom and see if we can get her some relief. 
Okay. So she has an anxiety disorder, it appears. Yep. And so she's a person that for whom med medication probably will be very useful. And, and that will, of course, be done with a psychiatrist or professional in her that in her healthcare system. Um, I, 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 th I think, you know, I'm a fan of medication when medication works. And I, if she's not on meds, um, that would help, I suggest her psychiatrist, psychologist, whoever she works with, would order um, the genome testing through like 23andMe or Alpha Genomics, these companies that will test her genome for what meds will work best for her and what meds will not work for her. And that now exists, so it's a great way before you go into medication, or let's say she's already on meds, um, but hasn't done the genome testing, it would be really good for her uh, professional in her life to order those so that we can see if the meds she's on actually are the ones that will work best for her. Uh, maybe there's another set of meds for anxiety that would work better for her. So I'm going to suggest that as a definite practical strategy that she and her healthcare system can look at. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then for her also, anxiety is about um, uh, rumination loops. Yep. So she, um, so there are rumination loops that she'll get into that her brain is set up to um, to create, and every brain is set up to create rumination loops, no doubt. But because she has an anxiety disorder, because she's wired this way, her brain is probably doing this constantly. So um, uh, it's very important to identify what these rumination loops are. And what happens is they that she gets an anxiety trigger that hits the midbrain, and then. Um, at the top of the midbrain is this anterior cingulate cortex. And so the signal goes there. That's a focus attention part of the brain. The signal goes there. And so this trigger she got, now her whole brain is thinking about it. So it's ruminating on it. And then the 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 um, neurotransmission is actually kind of cycling. So it's going then back to the amygdala where the anxiety is. Right, and it's forming a loop. So it thinks about it, and then goes back to forming anxiety about it. And then the anxiety sends the signal up to the focus attention center because the focus attention center in the brain is supposed to help the brain focus on why am I anxious? How do I fix this? Uh, but of course, it goes back down into the amygdala, and which triggers more anxiety. <laughs> so, so that's that's what it looks like. If it helps her in the brain, that's what it looks like. And and so her her mission is to try to get more of the top of the brain, the frontal lobe, involved, the prefrontal, 
which is even above the cingulate cortex, to try to get signaling from the cingulate cortex up to the top. And uh, the top of the brain then does the reality checking and says, okay, you don't actually have to focus on this because there's no harm here. Um, so let's pick the five things you will focus on where there could be potential harm. We're going to move to thinking about those things. So practically speaking, what does this mean? This means that when she, she has to be conscious of the rumination loops, when she realizes she's in the cycle and uh, she's, she's lying in bed, let's say, to use her example, she's lying in bed and she's focusing on, uh, am I passing on my anxiety to my son? Let's say that's what she's focusing on. So she let, she's lying there for an hour. So then the top of the brain has to say, uh, let's reality check that. It does not look like you're passing your anxiety on to your son. Your husband says he's well-rounded. And so obviously I'm going to use an example from her email. Your husband says he's well-rounded. Here are ways in which he's well-rounded and doesn't seem to have the temperament for anxiety. So no, you're not passing your anxiety on to your son. You can let go of this. And that's the frontal, the top of the brain, which we want involved, um, helping her to diminish the, the rumination loop. And so then the rumination loop can calm and she can say, okay, that's okay. I'm not passing the anxiety on. So use that as an example of what she's going to have to do, you know, 30 times a day uh -huh. as she, as she gets in the loop. And as soon as she's in the loop, it's, she just have to, has to add this to her internal framework. I got to get to the top of the brain and reality check. And a few times she'll reality check and she'll realize, oh, actually I was right to worry about this, right? Absolutely, that will happen. But what she'll gradually, over a period of months, as she does this, what she'll do is she'll realize, oh, okay, most of these things I don't have to worry about. So this is not going to cure an anxiety disorder, but it's a really important internal process for her to engage in. If she, and if she needs help from husband, if she needs help from counselors, from her girlfriends, from you know whoever it is, if she needs help to reality check and to get the top of the brain involved, then absolutely reach out to those people. And I can tell you that you can manage it, and there are a lot of great resources out there. And and uh, uh, and and basically, Michael, what you said is what I had to learn. I I had to learn over a course of time. Uh, I had no idea how the brain was working, but I had to learn really how to to just change my thoughts and and be honest with my thoughts. And um, and it takes a while. And uh, counselors are great for that. Talk therapists, and of course, medications help. All those things. Those are all great tools. Now, let's, let's broaden this discussion a little bit from just her and someone with an anxiety disorder, but that's going to be our starting point. Is it possible as parents, because we all have stuff, uh, some of us are worriers, so some of us are complainers and so on, uh, is, it, is it possible for us to pass on some of these things to our kids um, even if we're wired genetically for it and they're not. So can my over-worry, I'm genetically a worrier, can my over-worrying be passed on to my son or daughter who may not be wired for that, but they're going to learn from my example? Yeah. Yes. Well, anything can be a yes on that. Um, I'm going to say yes and no to set okay. up my answer. Uh, but but anything could be a yes. Before I do that, I thought of something as you were talking that I didn't say strategy-wise, which is food. So I'm going to yes. put in parentheses Good. here before I move on that, that you know, we're learning more and more about the chemistry of anxiety as well as the chemistry of depression. And it might be worth her 
like getting the book Minds of Girls, looking at that and looking at the research on on foods, you know, what you eat, what happens in your in the uh, you know your your stomach and your gut, which is like a second brain. Which uh, sometimes what you're intaking, uh, this is also true of screen time. If you're in front of a screen for eight, 10 hours a day, that increase, increases anxiety. So um, look at one's environment. Um, I say this to all clients. Look at your environment. Is there something in your environment? So, so food is an example or screen time that is actually making your anxiety worse. And um, so let me close parentheses on that. I don't want to, I didn't want to lose that one. Um, okay, so yes, you can pass anything on to your kids. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I, I'll use myself as an example. You know, so so I had in my throughout my childhood and adult life depression, and so always battling depression. And as I'm raising my kids, you know, and Gail and I would talk about it because Gail has it genetically through her side of the family, and I have it genetically through my side. So here are two people who have genes for depression. We get married. We conceive children. Um, it stands to reason, you know, that our kids are going to maybe we're going to pass it on. And then, of course, as I'm as I'm raising my kids, um, especially in the winter, I had a winter depression. So I would get it for a number of months. Uh, by the time I had kids, I was not in a, de- in a depression cycle like I was when I was younger. I'd been in therapy a long time. I'd worked out a lot of some of the reasons for my depression, which went back to childhood issues. But um, but I still had the winter depression, which it appears is genetic for me. So then as I'm, as I'm uh, uh, raising my kids, they're seeing me depressed. Uh, they're seeing me depressed from like November, December, all the way to sort of March. And, and so I just started talking to them about it and, and started explaining depression to them, why it happens in my brain, and um, trying to, so that I wasn't, you know, so that as a parent, I wasn't passing it on environmentally. Um, at the same time, I knew that with both of us having it, that, you know, one or both of them was going to probably have to look at depression. And, uh, and in fact, one of my kids does and, and takes some naturopathic remedies for it, and it has helped her a lot. So I also raised them, talking to them about the science of depression and that, that there is a probability that they would have it. And so they're conscious about it, and when they, when they feel depressed, whether it's situational or whether it looks like it's part of their, you know, their um, mental or cognitive makeup, uh, they're conscious of it so they can get to it quicker and they can get it treated quicker uh, because of that. So that answers that part. Then in terms of, so can, will a child who doesn't have um, genes for depression, will that child, because I'm depressed uh, during my five months a year, become a depressive? My argument would be probably not um, because the child doesn't have genes for depression. Could it happen? Anything can happen. But I would think that probably not and that that could bring some relief to parents who are struggling with disorders that if their child doesn't have those genes and if the parent you know, is still, is still really parenting as best they can and, and, and living as best they can, um, that they are probably not passing that on and their child may not struggle with a depressive disorder later that every human being can struggle with depression situationally spouse dies child dies someone you know everyone's going to have that genes don't matter um you're going to have that when some trauma happens in your adult life you could feel depressed but 
but in terms of the passing of this, these depressive disorders on, I would argue probably not unless the parental depressive disorder becomes such a severe trauma to the child, like the, child, the parent is so depressed that the parent is in the mental hospital for 10 years, you know, let's say, okay, that's abandonment. Like that's, that can, yes, that can pass on. But if it's sort of normal development through your depressive disorder and your kids don't have it, or through your anxiety disorder and your kids don't have those genes, uh, I don't think so. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So if I'm a parent who is overly worried or I have anxiety and I am constantly throughout the early life of my child protecting my child. No, you can't do that because you might get hurt. No, you can't do that because you might break an eye, uh, an elbow. No, you can't do that because I can't trust your friends. It it, will that somehow shape my son or daughter's view of life, even though they don't have my anxiety disorder? Yeah, I think they'll be very careful people. Uh, well, it, kids of a, in a situation like this often go to two extremes. One extreme is they become very careful, but this doesn't mean they have an anxiety disorder. Right. Right. If the question is, do I pass on my anxiety disorder? That My answer is they don't have those genes, maybe not. But will they? will the child become either very careful later in life or will that child actually you know rebel and become a total risk taker because i kept saying to the child be careful be careful be careful because of my own anxiety i think either of those extremes can happen and anything in between um yes i mean i but i wouldn't say that we passed on as the anxiety disorder what we may have passed on as you said is a pattern yeah a responsive or reactive pattern yep. uh because our attachment with this child was such that we were overprotective, let's call it that, overly protective. And so then the child is responding to that overprotection by either being overprotective of self or his or her own children, and or even by during a period of 10 years of life, overly taking risks to compensate. Right. That can absolutely happen. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, one of the things that you said that I think is is really helpful for those of us who have struggled with some sort of uh, emotional disorder, for lack of a better word, is as we learn to deal with it, if one of our kids does end up having that, they're able to see from our own lives that we have wrestled with it. It has caused us some challenges in life, but we've been able to deal with it. We've been able to live beyond it, and we're able to help them do the same, which is what you were doing for your daughter. Yeah, that consciousness, I think what we're going to broadly call here consciousness of our own disorder or our own issue, and then the communication to the child while we're raising the child of it, and 
and helping the child separate himself or herself from our issue while also uh, being honest with the child, you know, when the child does appear to be depressed or anxious, saying, hey, you know, here's what helped me. I mean, all of that consciousness is, I think, crucial. It's so much harder for kids when the parent is going through what is what is really the parent's fate, you know, to use old language, which I think is still good language. You know, the parent was given this package. The parent has a certain fate. That fate is I, through my life as a human being and as a parent, am going to be going through depression. So that is my fate. So do I hide that from my child uh, or do I bring consciousness about it to my child? I think it's generally better to bring consciousness to the child. There will be some situations in which we will overly do that and maybe scare our kids that we're going to fall apart. That can happen. Um, but in general, I think that uh, that it is good to bring that consciousness to the child so that the child is ready so that and so that the child can separate himself or herself from it. Um, kids kind of meld with parents. And so if we so if I'm, I as a parent am depressed and I'm not sharing anything with my child, I'm not really explaining or giving them strategies or anything, then, you know, they're melded with me as the parent um, and and they're going to possibly start feeling my depression. You right. know, they're going to try to take it on and in part because they want to cure me, they want to treat me, they want to help me. And, and then they're intricately involved with my internal life and we don't really want that for them. So that separation is part of what the consciousness does, and then they can go live their lives. So you have two guys here, Michael and I, both have our own issues. Uh, and, um, but, but because we, we grew up in a world, especially later in life, where we have all these great tools available to us, um, these have been things. My anxiety has not stopped me from living life to the full. I, your depression hasn't stopped you, Michael. Nope. And that's one of the, the beauties of living in this day and age where we have so many things available to us. And uh, so for the mom who wrote in, uh, this is Tim speaking now, uh, you have great opportunities to to move through this, and this is going to build resilience in you. It's going to make you a wiser mom, more compassionate mom, and you're going to have gifts and abilities you're going to be able to bring to your child that will uh, help your child grow to be a good, strong, resilient person. And um, so it doesn't doesn't need to be the primary shape of your life. It's just always going to be there, hanging around. Uh, but you can. Uh, you can learn to manage that, and there are a lot of loving people who will help you do that. So uh, I, I love that, Michael, when you say it's it's your fate, because that gives me a little bit of relief to know, okay, it's a part of who I am, but it doesn't have to control my destiny. Yeah, yeah, I, I like the word fate. Uh, I, I, you know, I like the word destiny. I mean, in a sense, but I mean fate by that, that when we look back, you know, and that's part of us being 62, maybe. <laughs> and then I think about approaching, I mean, I'm, I'm a ways away from dying, but but I think about what am I going to look back on, you know, on my deathbed? Uh, what do I look back on? And I think that's when, as you get older, I think you, I'll speak for myself. As I get older, I think I understand fate better. Because as I look back, things look like fate now to me that at that time, I thought I was in control of, you know, but now I look back at 62 from the vantage point of 62 and I go, wow, that was fate. That was my fate to, to go through that. That was fated, you know, and um, so it's just my language. What I'm trying to get at is that 
that what you're what one is living now so for this young family what they're living now that i think that is their fate and so how they how they face these obstacles and and how they protect each other as they face these obstacles they are asking the right question like yep. she is absolutely asking a deep question and how great for them that that the child seems to be wired the way the child is wired doesn't mean that later we won't discover he's got other issues you know but but this is it's great that he's quote-unquote well-rounded that he doesn't have this this anxiety disorder and how great that the dad is there to kind of maybe help mom get more toward the frontal lobe you know and out of the rumination cycle we should definitely rely on the people we love not to cure us or be our therapist but to help us reality check and how great that he's there um so i think i think the news is good for for her and for them as if they will if they if she will stay conscious like she is and self-aware and keep working through this and develop get the assets look at food look at you know genomes look at these things get the assets um stay with this and work through this and i think things are going to be okay and one great thing that they can do for their son is sign up for the Helping Boys Thrive Tell Us Something. Oh, very good segue. <laughs> Thank you. That was great, Tim. <laughs> Tell us about it. Yep, helpingboysthrive.org. Please go to helpingboysthrive.org. Uh, we are going to do, we do, as folks may know, we do uh, uh, Helping Boys Thrive events around the country, and they are locally organized and they're regional events. Uh, but with the COVID, uh, Tim realized, he, he it was his idea, he said, why don't we do... Our next one, um, uh, why don't we do it as a tele-summit? And that way people from all over the world can come to it. And so we will be doing it. Uh, please go to helpingboysthrive.org. Uh, it's all set up for you. You can sign up there. Um, because of g- generous sponsors, the cost is almost nil. I mean, it's an incredibly low cost. So really, that will not stop anyone. And we're even, set, even setting aside scholarship money. So if you're listening to this and you absolutely can't pay the, the $30, that's okay. Uh, you know, write us. We've got scholarship money. So um, uh, we'll just we'll just do the honor system on that. So uh, go to helpingboysthrive.org. And we, we just hope people from all over the world will sign up. And when you get to that website, you'll see how much is offered. It's really a whole week. We're just going to record everything on that day, October 1st. But then you have a whole week to go back through everything and watch everything. So it's a huge value, I think, for $30. We'd love to have you. And it's helpingboysthrive.org. You can go to wonderofparenting.com as well for all the resources that we talk about. And uh, that's a place for you to submit your questions. And uh, this was a good one today. I, we appreciate your your honesty with us and with our listening audience because there are a lot of parents who are dealing with those kinds of issues. So, Michael, thank you, as always, for your insights. Oh, thank you, Tim. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone. We'll be with you again next time. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.